With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. And it's another week, everybody. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here on the Evergreen Podcast Network and waiting for next year.com. Matt and Todd with you after a glorious weekend in Cleveland as the Dairy Brothers were together uh, for Liza Fest 2022. Uh, then there was some baseball we got to sprinkle in today. We won't make this all about uh, Liza Goldberg and the fantastic time we had this weekend. But uh, Matt and Todd with you. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and BreakingTea.com slash Dairy Breaking Tea t-shirts. The new Josh Naylor shirt is out. We'll tell you about that. Um, but Todd, it was uh, certainly a struggle offensively the last couple of days for this team in Minnesota. Twins are in first place for a reason. They've got a pretty good team, but Guardians had opportunities all weekend to maybe take two out of three and didn't do it. Well, it certainly doesn't help when the hottest hitter on your team comes down with COVID after a absolutely scorching series in Chicago. And you, you also need to tell your Chicago story because that happened this week. I know there's a lot that happened this oh, week. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a crazy week. But, but yeah, uh, listen – the Twins showed that, you know, obviously they're no joke. That lineup is very good, even without Carlos Correa. Byron Buxton, when healthy, is a star player. And, uh, you know, they, other than, you know, the, the late innings on uh, Saturday and then, you know, the come back a little bit on Friday, that just didn't show much offensively. So uh, I'm still not worried about the offense. Uh, I have bigger worries uh, that are on a, the other side of the ball, which I didn't think we would be having a conversation about this quickly, but we're going to need to have one. So, you know, uh, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to lose two or three to the team that's in front of you sometimes, especially on the road. And it was, you know, Saturday and Sunday's games were tight. So, you know, one pitch here or there, things go differently. I'm not all that concerned. And, we're still playing the young kids, and they're still going through growing pains, and still a lot to uh, you know enjoy about them. Truly, I mean, I really love watching this group. They they fight, they battle. Um, there are some guys that are still hot. I mean, Andres Jimenez. Uh, there, there's no questions anymore about him in terms of playing time, whether it's shortstop or second base. He has to be in the lineup every single day. There's no debate about that anymore. I think we can put that to rest. The <coughs> excuse me, huge RBI double that he had in the tenth inning on Saturday night, you know, ended up straws hit, ended up winning the game. But regardless, when it's clutch time and crunch time and runners are on base, the guy you want up at the plate on this team is Andres Jimenez. That, that, that's a right fact. Now, right now, between him hit well, obviously you want Jose Ramirez, but outside of him, the obvious 
I would much rather take my chances with Andres and Josh Naylor right now than, than anybody else in the, in that spot. That's that's for damn sure. And I think, you know, Ahmed played a more left field. You know, he's back and left. It was like Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah, Mon- Monday, Monday, Monday and Tuesday, yep. It's almost like Tito, uh, before he got COVID, uh, listened to this podcast on Monday and decided, you know what, I'm going to play him in left field finally. It, it, they they know that their best lineup when everybody is healthy is when Ahmed's in left, Quan's in right, Naylor's at first, Owen Miller's at second, and Andre Semenez is at short. That's that's where they give themselves the best chance to win. So I think you'll be seeing more of that uh, in the future. Just right now with Naylor uh, being out with COVID, it just you know it made too much sense because of. You know, you're going to need Richie Palacios, who's back up to play a little bit, or Oscar Mercado to play a little bit, put him in the outfield, uh, one of those two in the outfield. So it made, it made sense that uh, Ahmed was playing some short. But as you and I have talked about many, many times, we prefer Andres at his best position, which is shortstop. But just getting his bat in the lineup every day is what's most important at this point. You mentioned Naylor, uh, the game Monday night. I mean, we are kind of recapping the week. That's what we do on the show. The game Monday night was unbelievable. Um, you fell asleep. You got called out on Twitter. I was just going to say, can you tell? Can you tell? Can you tell everybody that this well, was my Jets game, my I mean, '86 Jets game? <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty bad. But again, I mean, well, eight, me, eight here, to two. On, I did in, in defense of you, eight to two. Well, you know, I I, I, I wasn't all over you about it. I mean, some people on well, Twitter well, were, but that was that was funny. Here's what happened. It's it's five to two in the bottom of the eighth. I'm in. I'm, I'm laying in bed. I'm watching the game. I'm all in. They hit a, fo- a fly ball to left field with a man on and one out. And Ahmed literally drops it. I mean, here I am saying Ahmed should play left field. And he should. And, you know, I'll live with it. But he literally dropped an easy fly ball. And it was terrible. And then two batters later, A.J. Pollock hits a three-run homer off Anthony Ghost to make the score 8-2 to two in the bottom of the eighth. So we had, we're down six with three outs to go. It was 11 something. It was 11 p.m. I was tired. I shut the game off. I wake up the next morning. Oh, so I tweeted out after the three run homer. Good night, everyone. Yes. That's it. Correct. I wake up to 37 text messages and I mean, countless Twitter mentions. Who, you know, I see people going, you know, retweeting my tweet going, who's going to tell them? I see people going, wake up, TD, what's going on? It was, it was <laughs> great. It was all over me about it. But you you were you were all over it, of course, because you would never miss it. You would never miss a comeback. But this is this was my 86 Jets game, and uh, I will own it, and that's the way it is, <laughs> and I'm just glad that they won. <laughs> I'm like coughing and laughing at the same time. I mean, look, the bottom line is what Josh Naylor did in, 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 ha- in driving in eight runs in three plate appearances from the eighth inning on was a sight to behold. And, you know, the slamming of the helmet and I want all the smoke and the screaming. You could tell in the postgame interview with Andre Nadi was a little bit embarrassed by his actions. And I think yeah. Tito, Tito probably also told him, settle down, because if you throw your helmet, it bounces off the, the bat rack and hits me in the back of the head. I, I'm going to be in serious pain. You know, I mean, you never know. The helmet could bounce and deflect and hit somebody in the face and smash somebody's eye. I mean, you just you got to be a little bit a, a little bit careful. But I, what I love about Naylor is just his passion. That that second jaunt around the bases where he was just going, he was going so fast. 
it, it, it was a huge lift to the team in Chicago. What was unfortunate was, you know, the next night they didn't get great pitching, they didn't get great defense again, and then they didn't play on Wednesday. So it's almost like the momentum of Monday. You know, then they had you know the the, the day on Tuesday where the White Sox kind of came back and beat them, and then they didn't play Wednesday due to the COVID outbreak, and then they didn't play Thursday. Um, and then traveled, so it was kind of like the momentum guns got zapped a little bit, and then you throw in that Naylor didn't play all weekend because he tested positive. So it's been kind of a wild week, but this team has weathered all these weird storms, whether it was injuries, whether it was the COVID thing, Tito not there. I was concerned going into the weekend with the Twins with basically one coach that's normal in uh, Carl Willis, although Brian Sweeney is the bullpen coach, but... um, he had to come in as as the pitching coach that they that they were going to be in some trouble this weekend. Now they lost two out of three, but yesterday's game was extremely winnable. They left a ton of guys on base, and um, you know, yeah, it's just been a weird weird run. And now they're getting days off here this week, Monday and Thursday, which um, they don't need. It's like the times you know? that they need days off, they never get them, and then the times that they don't need the days off, they have plenty. I mean, like you said, they didn't play uh, on Wednesday, which you need to talk about. And then they didn't play. They're not, they're not playing Monday or Thursday this week. The good news is, I think it from a rotation standpoint that we need to get into. I think it's going to give them an opportunity to kind of catch their breath a little bit because, unfortunately for the Guardians, the strength of the team heading into the season has become its biggest weakness, and that is the starting rotation. It was good to see Shane Bieber pitch well over the weekend because I, you know I was at his last start against uh, the Blue Jays where he was topping out at 89 and they were all over him and it was a you know we had a conversation on this podcast last week about should they put him on the injured list is there something wrong with him well uh, you know he came out Saturday night uh, against the Twins looked much better um, you and I were uh engulfed in Liza Fest, so we weren't completely dialed in other than checking the phones, but it, it looked to me like you, you said uh, we looked it up and he was hitting 92 again, is that right, on his fastball? Yeah, correct. Okay, so that was good. You know, he went six innings, struck out seven. Uh, he's walking, it, it, all of a sudden he's walking a lot of guys. He walked three, which I thought was a little strange, but, uh, um, you know, it was good to see him back out there looking, you know, somewhat more normal, I guess you could say, because Zach Plesak and Aaron Savali at the back end of this rotation right now have become a real liability. I mean, you cannot count on either of them right now, and that's a real problem. Well, I mean, nobody expected the Guardians to be like, you know, one of the top teams in baseball in batting average and, and runs scored. I think they're third in, the, in baseball, but in the American League out of 15 teams, the team ERA is 14th. It's it's around four it's around uh, four twenty, and I'm not talking about happy four twenty day. Like it's uh, yeah. that's not going to work. I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm big on run prevention, and yesterday I thought they they did a pretty good job holding Minnesota to three runs. You got to score more than one, um, you know, other than Urshela and Buxton, and you know the first inning. Yeah. That's another issue. They can't keep people off the base paths. I mean, uh, Luke Maley and, and and Austin Hedges are not throwing anybody out. So yesterday. Arise gets on in the first inning. He's not fast at all. Steals his first base of the year, and then he comes home on a broken bat single. Cost yeah, him a run. Was, you know, it's not good. And and you know, as great as Hedges is in terms of framing 
and being a leader and handling the staff. I mean, the, the, you talk to any of those guys and they love him. He's not the greatest at throwing guys out. And Maley is, Maley's a backup catcher and, you know, it, it is what it is. So, uh, but you're right. The twins don't steal a lot of bases and they decided this weekend that they were going to uh, give that a shot. So, uh, you, you know, I'm very concerned about Savali more than anybody. Uh, this is now, I believe, the third time we're having this conversation on this podcast. But, you know, Terry Pluto wrote something that I found very interesting this morning. You know, he was he he was 10 and two with a 3.32 ERA before he uh, before he hurt that finger correct in 20, in 2021 yeah and now we're looking at since then he's only thrown 52 innings and he's got a 776 ERA and he's been bad like every game he's given up home runs too first inning he's getting behind almost yeah, every time we're all yeah we're always losing when he's pitching and at the, the beginning of the game won't play from in front <laughs> correct correct yeah so, so that's, I mean, that's a real concern. Yeah. I mean, the 776 ERA since the injury, he came back last year at the end of the year and didn't pitch well. And it's like, well, you know, he's rusty and everything else. And now this time around, Carl Willis is like, he's getting closer. They interviewed Hedges the other night after he got blasted in Minnesota. And it's like, well, you know, some of those runs done, but didn't belong to him. You know, Shaw came in and, and unfortunately right. was so bad that the runs were charged to Savali, but now you look at this week, you go, all right, could you could you could skip him this week. You could. I mean should. with the off days Monday and Thursday, you, you come back with, with Bieber on Friday and we'll go over the pitching matchups when they play Detroit. Or I'm sorry, the unnamed team, but there's there's you could skip him, you could send him down. Um you could bring back, you know, Pilkington or somebody from the minor leagues to be an extra bullpen arm. You've got that capability, but I don't think yeah. this organization is going to do it. It sounds like they felt like he took Steps forward this weekend, but if we want to contend, you you can't keep trotting them out here every every five days. If it's two three nothing in the first inning every time, and like you said, he does have options. I'm just looking at the the extended numbers. Okay, he's allowed the most earned runs of any starting pitcher in in, in the American League currently. Twenty seven earned runs in twenty four innings. That's right, he has terrible. the third worst ERA of any regular starting pitcher in baseball. Right now, you know, he's up to a, a, a FIP of five five four, which when he was peaking, he was in like the you know three four area. He's allowing twelve twelve point eight hits per nine innings. I mean, almost two and a half home runs per nine innings. Look at you! He's look at you! Look at you! Nine. Look at you quoting FIP. What are you, TJ Zuppi? Well, listen, it, it here. Let's put it this way: his ERA plus Ooh, okay, was two o two. When he came up in 2019, do you know what it is now? It's got 38. Be... Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So, so the, adva- the 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 advanced statistics also show that he's you know listen everyone knows ERA and WHIP and all that crap. Those are all bad, but the advanced statistics also say he's terrible. So I don't know how much longer. See, you know, it'd be it'd also be one thing if if you had no other options, but the guy I would be flipping into here is Eli Morgan. He's been great in the bullpen. He, you know, it'll probably take him a little bit longer to, to stretch out. But you remember last year, Quantrill started in the pen and he had that role and then like everybody got hurt. So they started going, okay, this game, we're going to pitch him four innings. Next game, we're going to pitch him five innings, whatever it was. They just built him up slowly during the season. And then by the second half, he was money and he was a mainstay in the rotation. I would be flipping Eli Morgan into the rotation 
uh, in, instead of Savali right now. And Savali has options, like you said. You know, it's this. This isn't one of those uh, you know old veteran guys. He's on options. You got to you just got to ride it out or put him in the pen. He can go down and work on it in Columbus. So they're not. They're not. I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about oh, Flippy Eli Morgan, bring up Pilkington, uh, Battenfield, try any of these people. The bottom line is they're not going to do it. They love Savali. They're not going to do it. They're going to give him, I would think, at least two more starts. I would think. I mean, you and I could probably talk about this next week if he doesn't pitch well on Friday, if he pitches Friday. I don't I don't yes. think they're going to do it. I think they saw something uh, the other night, and they saw progress. But, again, you, you can't give up three runs in the first inning or two runs in the first inning and another home run to start a game off. Then get better, that's fine. But those runs still count, <laughs> you know? This yeah, is the big and, leagues. And, and, no, but but you're right. When you when you're playing from behind every single time this guy starts, that's a real problem. And I, I just I don't. It's crazy. I'm just looking at more stuff here with him. The the league is hitting 330 against him right now, <laughs> with an OPS of 983. Well, that's brutal. And 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 his cut fastball, which is his best which is what his bread and butter has been because of the movement. He doesn't throw it that hard. I know we're geeking out here, but uh, when he's getting people out, it's on the curveball. But eventually, you can't throw a curveball every time. You've got to mix in, you know. If your fastball is getting destroyed, that's a big problem. And this is a guy who thrives off of command and painting corners and throwing strikes, and he's doing none of that. So uh, I just... I'm going to be very curious. I, I I don't think that they will take him out of the rotation until you know. I, I it's May. In all fairness, it's it's May 16th when we're recording this here. I, I, I think he's got a few more in him before you know, before they actually make a move. But uh, I don't know. I just I and then and then there's Zach Plesac, which is a whole other topic of conversation. I, I I don't know if I trust him either anymore. Uh, he he. I don't know. What are you seeing from 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 Plesak that I just am I missing something? I mean, I just, think, I, just think, I just think he makes dumb pitches sometimes. I, I just think when he gets into a bind, if look, if the defense behind him makes an error, which is going to happen, or a blooper drops, he just gets he gets over. You know, he gets like overly frustrated and he kind of loses it. And yeah. that's when you got to bear down and get outs and t- and be tough. And I don't think he's not tough, but I think right now he's kind of he's a bit of a loose cannon in terms of if something doesn't go his way. That's the one thing I love about Quantrill. Cal sometimes his defense screws up behind him. He screwed up in Anaheim and threw the ball away on that one. But yeah. he but he kind of bears down and then he and then he pumps himself up, you know, and and gets out of it. He's tough. And I think with Plesac sometimes if it's not going well. He's like, all right, I'm just the ne- I'm just throwing as hard as I can right now at the next hitter, you know, to the next hitter. And it's a fastball down the middle, and now it's a two-run home run. But I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll and he's see. not a big strikeout guy, so no. like, he has to, you know. So you know, his last three starts, he's gotten pretty much rocked. I mean, he's given up six earned runs in three and two thirds, four earned runs in five innings. And four and runs in five innings. So, uh, you know, it's it's a concern where the strength of your team has become its biggest weakness, and you're counting on the offense, which is chock full of young players who are going to go through peaks and valleys, and you're learning about, and you're, when you're counting on them to deliver every single game 
you know, that's that's obviously an issue. I mean, on the on the better side of the rotation, you got to be happy with Tristan McKenzie, who again yesterday, other than the two solo homers he gave up, you know, he was great. Yeah, he pitched really well. Uh, just, and, and pitched to that ballpark, too. He got a lot of fly balls to left and right center. Straw ran down so many plays and uh, was amazing in center field yesterday. Just the defense behind McKenzie was good, but <coughs> let's be honest, Todd. Uh, Tristan's been the best starter of this whole group the whole year. Absolutely. I don't think it's even up for debate. He's been the most consistent by far. Um, if, if listen, we're, we're way down the road here, but, like, if tomorrow the playoffs started, I mean, obviously Bieber is, is still Bieber, and you'd start him in game one. Right, there's right. no question McKenzie would pitch game two, right, in any series. <clears throat> no, 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 I mean, there is no question. And Quantrill would be top, three. And, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, a long, we're a long ways point, away. By the way, I was going to say, but to your point about Cal, Cal hasn't been all that great this year either, but he's getting out of jams because, like you said, he just he's got that in him. Um, I, I think know, something I, I, I think something that has to be brought up. We're sitting here, uh, not we're not r- racking, you know, we're not rocking the, the pitchers, and we're not no blasting them too much, but we're pointing out the facts. Let's also let's also talk about the loss of Ruben Niebla. That's huge. Uncle Ruben somehow found the right buttons to press to work with these pitchers. And I know Carl Willis was the pitching coach and is the pitching coach and he's the acting manager for now, but don't you can't tell me that these guys all over some of these guys are overachievers, you know? Zach Plesak was not a first round pick out of Ball State. Aaron Savali was not some highly regarded guy, you know. Cal Quantrill wasn't a top 100 prospect at any point I don't believe when he was in San Diego. But Ruben Diablo worked with all these guys and made him better. And now he's gone. And I think it's something to consider that they miss him for sure. I think you're totally right. It's it's a voice that a trusted voice. I'm not, not saying that they don't trust Joe Torres or obviously Carl Willis and they all work in tandem or oh, they all work together. It's a collaboration. Uh, collaboration. Tandem would be two collaboration would be more than that. But 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 uh, I think you're right. Aaron Savali, I know reading when when Ruben Diabla got the Padres pitching coach job gave a really heartfelt thank you you know quote about what he's meant for him in his career and yeah and maybe hey maybe Savali is you know he's the the voice that he's trusted the most is not there and so he's struggling who knows but I think you're on to something with that Terry Brothers Guardians cast, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for a Monday. You're going to have to excuse the voice. Uh, I've got a cough. I tested negative twice, so that's good. So I don't have COVID, but the, the entire Guardians coaching staff does. To the tune of Wednesday, my son and I meet at the, I'm sorry, I almost said the new Comiskey Park, Todd, uh, guaranteed rate uh, field on Wednesday for the, uh, for the, for the day game. You know, I ended up going. I ended up getting tickets, and um, we walked into the ballpark. Took took the took a little photo outside with the sign behind home plate. Walked in, and we would go up the escalator. You know, you got to go up like seventeen escalators to get to the concourse. It's a little weird. Yes. And uh, you know, they scanned our tickets like three times, and then on the third, after the third scan, uh, my son looks at the, his phone. He goes, "Dad, they canceled the game." And I'm like, "Shut up! What are you talking about?" And he's like. Yeah, the, 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 who's Jesse Rogers? I'm like, oh, my gosh, Jesse Rogers is a viable White Sox reporter. Like, 
It's on Twitter. And he's like, oh, now Mandy Bell. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So we walked into the stadium. Beautiful, sunny day. It was like 1 o'clock uh, Eastern. Perfect. Yeah, it would have been perfect. Owen Miller's family's all all there and some of his friends and a bunch of Guardians fans are hanging out around the dugout. We go down to try to find Andre. I couldn't find Andre not anywhere. Um, but the players were all like lingering around the stadium. Uh, we took pictures with the Franimal uh, Jace got a picture with Plesak. He was nice. I mean, they're all great. Eli, Eli, Eli Morgan, Carl Willis is yeah. down there. I'm like, Carl, what the heck's going on? He's like, oh, I don't know, you know. So that's when we kind of knew that Carl didn't have COVID and everybody else did. And so then they finally put it up on the scoreboard that uh, the game got canceled. So we hung around for like an hour and just, you know, meandered around because it was a nice day. And then uh, thanks to you with a great suggestion, we went to Joe's Stone Crab and spent $300 on lunch. <laughs> I apologize for the bill, but I will not apologize for. No, it was a great call. It was a great restaurant in America, in my opinion. Great, it was a great call. But it's it's so crazy because we were having this conversation offline. Like, I know they, other than Carl Willis, they didn't have a coaching staff. Couldn't they put like Ernie Clement as first base coach and Yu Chang as third base coach? I mean, I don't know what you do about like the pitchers and the bullpen and calling. You know, why can't here? Why can't you call the bullpen and be like Brian Shaw? You're in charge of the bullpen today. And when you call, Shaw picks up the phone and tells people, you know, who to, to get warm to up. get they loose. Played. Right. I mean, yeah, that is debatable because you look at it I now and go, why? Why, they why didn't they do that? that right. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was too close. I, I don't know. But we had heard that Tito tested positive probably before you. It was in the morning sometime, I think. Because then, because they said DeMarlo Hale is going to coach. Or right. Gonna yes. Yeah. We knew that. Go. We knew that going into the stadium that he wasn't going to be there. I wonder if, like, how, I wonder what the timeline was on that. Like, how quickly they found out that all these other coaches had had tested positive, and it, it's just crazy that all these coaches have it. I don't know when Naylor will come back. He was the only player that ended up testing positive, but we had already had four others. Earlier in the week, you know, earlier in the season. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, it's like Cal, Cal Quantrill and Owen Miller had it for a few days and came right back. Yu Chang, you, you would hit him hard to the point where he hasn't played in a major league game in, in, in like a month. Almost a month. Yeah. Yeah. And he had to go down to a rehab assignment. You know, it hits everyone differently. I mean, here, right now, your niece, my daughter, she currently has it. And she's had basically just like a cold and she has not been that bad. And, Today is day four, no, day five for her. So she's eligible to go back to school according to the school tomorrow. But she hasn't had a symptom in like probably two days. But she's been isolating and been in her room and, you know, having a, had a major meltdown the other day. It's, she, it's, well, it, I mean, it's brutal. And it's just, you know, like, 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 like you said, she you miss Liza fast for God's sake. You get, I mean, come on, you know. Shout out to Liza Goldberg. I mean, this girl. Can we, this, can we talk about Liza? This, can we break it down? This girl, you know, look, for, for our Jewish listeners, you know, the bot mitzvah this weekend. <laughs> and she brought the house down at the, uh, you know, a, a, at the house that Rabbi Silver built. I mean, Shaker Boulevard was rocking on, on Saturday. And this girl, and this girl gets up there to, you know, read from the Torah, all these things. But the, but the highlight was during her speech where she's thanking her parents, all right, executive producer Jeremy, his awesome wife. Everybody's getting a thank you, you know, the the, the sisters, the rabbi. But to shout out the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast in the speech was an all-timer. An all-timer. It was, it was, 
This is a true story, 100%. It was so unbelievable. And we were di- we were dying. And listen, she did such an unbelievable job. We were so proud of her. We, You and I have both known her for her entire life. And she did such a great job. And then at the party, you and I got to meet, uh, you know, a, a few of our loyal P1 listeners, including the great John McCormick, who's a awesome dude John's great great oh yeah John said to us both like oh my god it's so weird hearing your voice in person (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that though which was great oh we saw we saw the brand we saw PK shout out to PK another listener said he enjoyed the live he loves us loves it he's a great man he's a great man so it was uh, yeah it was it was great it was Eric Parsons he's a listener the Mikester I mean Dr. Eric Parsons call (laughs) nice proper name please what about the voice of the what, what about the voice of Case Western Sports? <laughs> I mean, we're diving. I mean, this this is much more fun than the week of baseball. If everyone could only, if everybody could only have heard the conversation we were having at the table, we had we had the All Star table, and the conversation we were having about how conflicted we were with Not, Sean Watson. Yeah, I won't I, get into the details. Yeah, don't do that. Just, don't do that. Let's just say no was, names, please. Uh, entertaining. It was entertaining. That's all I'm going to say. It well, was entertaining. A great, a, a great, a great time was had by all. We had the game going on the on my phone, um, so it was all it was all good. So we got a win on that night. Class A slamming the door in the tenth. It all worked out. How about that? So yep, we, we drunk, we drunkenly got the toast and yell out, "Mary!" It was great. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want the new All the Smoke Josh Naylor T-shirt, you can get it at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. That's D-E-R-Y. Put that in. It takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. Breaking Tea is the best T-shirts going. You want Stephen Kwan gear? I mean, it seems like the team Todd hasn't played any home games all year. They're constantly on the road, so you can't get to the team shop. You can't get the jersey. You can get the shirt right here, right now, online. The King Kwan T-shirt at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy. Naylor's yelling, all, give me all the smoke. I want to eat all the smoke in the in the dugout after his grand slam and three-run homer against the White Sox Monday. And the shirt was out that very next day. All the smoke shirt that's was out. Good, yeah. They're amazing. That's how good breaking tea is, man. That's why they're called breaking tea. Because when a breaking sporting event or news event happens, they are on that. And they put out great, great product. And make sure you use the breakingtea.com slash dairy uh, to check out that Cleveland collection because it's so great. And I have to tell you, Naylor, the picture on this shirt of Naylor is the <laughs> same face with the hair, with him yelling. It is oh, yeah. so great. It is. Yeah. It is. I've already so. ordered one. So, uh, yeah. Do it I can't up. wait to hopefully wear it this weekend, either Friday or Sunday when I'm down there. There you go. So, uh, Breaking Tea, we appreciate them uh, sponsoring the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here. I'm waiting for nextyear.com, of course, the Evergreen Podcast Network. Um, all right, well, I mean, this week is, they're gameable below 500, but they're right in this thing. Obviously, the White Sox have a better, you know, better lineup. And look, Giolito shut us down this week. Joe Ryan shut us down this week. So you got two guys, you know, in the division. Although that's going to happen. Right, you I mean, know, the, these, you know, people say, oh, the division's winnable, and those teams aren't any good. I mean... You look at it and you say, man, Minnesota, you always worry about their pitching because how much do they really have uh, in terms right, of the starters? The White Sox have, yeah, the White Sox on paper are the best team. But we're right, we're right there. I mean, 
Like we talked we're about. Two game, we're two games back. I mean, it's, it's not like we're that far back, right? It's two games. I thought it was in three. Loss I thought it was two in the yeah, loss, two in the loss column. But, you know, the young guys like Owen Miller and Andre Jimenez and Quan and others have really stepped up and done a nice job. And we're starting to see some of the fruits of the labor of the the minor leagues and the uh, and the farm system. But now, I mean, Fran Mill Reyes, even yesterday, just awful at bats. Awful. Yeah, I thought he had gotten out of it, but... Uh... You know who really does have a minor league system? These <laughs> can, can, can I can I just say one thing real quick about the schedule? This is the time to make up ground outside of a three game set in Houston. Uh, next next today. week, yeah, next week. Yeah, a week, a week from yeah, a week from today. You have two with Cincinnati, three with Detroit. Those are two of the worst teams in baseball. Then you have another four with Detroit, three with Kansas City. And then Baltimore for three. These are the worst team. And then Texas yeah. for two or for three. And then Oakland for four. These are the worst teams in baseball. If you are going to make a run, Now's these the are the games you have to win. Now is the it time. is nothing but drag outside of that three, outside of that series at Houston. Right. It is the dregs of the league all in a row. Got to, got to take advantage for sure. And uh, it starts tomorrow night. Uh, down. Are you going to either one of these games Tuesday or Wednesday against the Reds? You know, I'm not. Um, it was only a. I'm going Friday and Sunday, uh, and, and then Saturday I'll be at Bilski Fest, baby. Woo! Can't oh, wait. Another fest. Back to backers, baby. Okay. Jeez. It's gonna be awesome. Take <clears throat> stone groove, my man. So yeah. Oh. So um, yeah, I'm going Friday and Sunday. Tuesday and Wednesday. You I mean with the. You know, you have to do delicate scheduling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I have half of the games, but I got to do delicate scheduling with everyone else. So the Tuesday and Wednesday games, I will not be at. Um, unless it's Wednesday. Wednesday is afternoon, right? Uh, no, I think it's a night game. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if Wednesday was an afternoon game, maybe I would just like go and sneak in, but I will not be there. No, so Tuesday Tuesday night, <clears throat> it's the Reds come to town. You have Zach Plesak against Connor, Connor Overton. Oh. Uh some right-hander, he's like 28. What about um, Doug Overton from LaSalle? <laughs> the former point guard? There you go. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Cal Quantrill against Tyler Malley. We saw Tyler Malley on uh, opening day, I believe. Was that the opener? Didn't he pitch against the, uh, or the, there, or the Reds opening day? It was opening day, day there, right. Yeah. It was opening day there. And then the weekend, I mean, it's and now it's all really to be determined. Do they, do, do they start Savali and just go in order and have Savali pitch Friday? Bieber Saturday and McKenzie Sunday. Do they move things around? Do they skip Savali because you could pitch Plesak Sunday? Really to be determined. And then uh, for the unnamed team, which comes to town Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fresh off a sweep of the Orioles this weekend. And now uh, I think there's a parade today at 1 o'clock down Woodward Avenue. I want to talk about the Orioles, actually. actually. <laughs> uh, but you'll probably see uh, their best pitcher, Tarek Skubal, on Friday. He's been pretty good, the lefty. But then you could have Matt Manning coming back, Alex Fiedo, or Bo Brisky. I'm sure you're saying, who are these people? Bo Borowski, isn't he? No, a, the, the the Big, Big Ten, Ten referee. Official. No, not the same. No, this is Bo Brisky. The uh, the unnamed team's been bit by the injury bug. You know, Mize has been hurt. Um, uh, Big Mike, as they call him here in Detroit. Uh, Michael Pineda just got hurt. Tyler Alexander's out. Um, so they're down to, like, a lot of their minor leaguers coming up. But you got to make hay. I mean, Scooble's been the one guy that's been really good for them. And they've got Eduardo Rodriguez, their big free agent signee, but he pitches Wednesday, so you won't see him this weekend. So got to beat the Reds and, and, the, and the unnamed team. Got to take care of business. 
and we're lined up with Savali, Bieber, and McKenzie Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Correct. If, if that's how they want to do it. They right. If they yeah. want to do it. Yeah. So. So another one of these 140 Sunday starts. I don't know why they're doing this now. It's like annoying to me. They're not the only ones doing 140. There's a there's a bunch of other teams that are doing it too. The un, un, unnamed team uh, is doing it as well. I, I noticed. I, I, I don't quite understand it, but maybe it's knows? for that. Maybe yeah. it's for that Sunday TBS window. I don't know. I don't know I'm where the sure. games are on. It, it's so bizarre. The baseball national schedule so weird. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Did you know that Turner has like a Tuesday? I think it's a Tuesday night baseball. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. they do. They do. Yeah. Well, they're promoting the hell out of it because I just figured it out I'm six weeks into the season. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll that'll do it for us for this week. You know, two with the Reds and three with the Detroit Tigers. So it's uh, time, like you said, now's the time. Make a little bit of a run. This next month is the you, – you can't ask for an easier stretch of the schedule than this. So it's, it's, it's time to make uh, – Make up some serious ground. No, here before we go, one more thing. Yeah, they brought in. They, 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 we didn't touch, touch on the Friday night twelve to eight loss, which could have been one. Do we have to talk? Do we have to talk about this? I just, I just want to talk about Brian Shaw. He can stay on the roster, but can we please stop putting him in any sort of situation that where the game is in hand? It was. It was. Day. I mean, that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. He, he didn't get a single out. And he gave up a grand slam and a three-run homer in the same inning. Oh, I mean that that Lewis kid. I mean, just destroyed him with that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to see him. He can, he can stay on the roster as long as he wants. I just don't need to ever see him pitch when it's not mop up. Exactly. All right, uh, for Todd, this is Matt. This has been the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast for another week. Brought to you by our friends from the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Breaking Tea T-shirts. We're Johnny on the spot. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.